Hey guys, we are officially doing the first interview on The Passion Connected. I'm so excited to introduce to you my friend Dan Purcell. This was an amazing conversation and you guys are going to love it. It was the perfect way to kick off this month of learning about love and intimacy. So go ahead and take a listen. I can't wait for you to hear it. Welcome to the community where passion for life and healthy sexuality connect beautifully and easily. I'm your host, Amanda Ammons, and my goal in life is to help you thrive. And a huge part of that is your sex life. Your one life was meant to be amazing, sex included. You most likely haven't been shown this, but I'm here to tell you, you're beautifully and intricately made. Made for more, made for the best. However your journey brought you here, join me in a new conversation about one of the most amazing things ever created, intricate, passionate intercourse. Together, let's break the shame cycle. Let's learn how to please and be pleased. Let's fight fear, find freedom, and freaking have fun. Welcome to the Passion Connected Show. We got to talk about my favorite topic. (laughs) Same. All right. Welcome back, passion people. I am so excited for today's episode. I have an awesome guest for you guys. I have Dan Purcell on. He is the host of the Get Your Marriage On podcast and also the developer of an awesome app that I can't wait to introduce you guys to, the Intimately Us app. So welcome, Dan. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your mission, your passion, what you're here for. Uh, my mission and passion is to help couples improve intimacy. That's at the basic level. Yeah. I want, and, and I mean, intimacy in the, the, the broad sense, uh, as in like deeper connection, deeper pleasure, and, yes. and just get so much more out of your relationships and, uh, and yeah. happiness and joy and fulfillment. I love that, a holistic perspective. And there's so much that goes into that. And I have seen that so much in your app as I was, I've been using it with my husband and just having a lot of fun and seeing that you really do integrate so much into it of, it's not just about sex. It is about the relationship. It's about communication. It's about having fun together, which I am all about just having fun with it. Uh Yes. I love it. Yep. Yep. And sex is important too, because that's, that's really fun. (laughs) it is it Uh is and I really feel like it's just kind of the glue to a lot of things for your relationship for sure so how did the app come about for you so my background is in computer science so when I run a software development company and when my own marriage just really changed for the better my wife and I became more intimate our sex life became a whole lot better I wanted to share that information with others and I suppose if I was a public speaker, I'd go on this, but you know, the speaking circuit, if I was good at writing books, I'd probably write a book, but I'm neither of those things. So I, I made an app because that's what I do. <laughs> no, that's so perfect because I feel like that's so needed. It's an easy way to integrate it in because people can read books or whatever, but an app reaches a totally different audience and kind of gives a different energy to it. Yeah. Interactive and yes. it's non-threatening. Yeah. And the best thing is you can customize it. Unlike a book, once it's published, it's hard to like update it as you get more information, but an app, I can continually update it, make it better and better and better. And another thing too, that helped my wife and I connect sexually better 
is to make lovemaking fun, kind of make it a game or have yeah. like, we were so serious before we were just so like, cause we're so anxious about sex It's like, mm. you know, let's kind of get through this together. Now it's more like, how can we make this more fun? How can yeah. we like laugh through this? And I guess our personalities show through the app too. But like when we made sex, like a game where it was like, well, let's see how aroused I can get you <laughs> without taking you over the edge type of a game. Yes. It really uh, changed the way our lovemaking went and sex no longer became like a chore instead or something to do. Instead, it became like a, a retreat for us. It's like someplace we want to go to from it's our break yes. from the mundane into something extraordinary and yeah. games really helped us get there because you're playful, you're fun. And it's, <laughs> it's, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. There's so much pressure on sex sometimes where it feels like it has to go a certain way or it has to be really perfect or, or just it's, it's pretty vulnerable. And so to bring that together, would you, what advice would you give people if they feel like they are dealing with that pressure? Like, how would you, what would you say to help them overcome that? Yeah, there's pressure in both in different ways. So in every marriage, you're going to have a higher desire spouse and a lower desire spouse. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're the lower desire spouse, feeling a lot of pressure to have sex from your higher desire yeah. spouse. So in that situation, yeah, recognizing that that pressure is like in a car, you have a brake and you have an accelerator pedal, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that pressure puts the brakes on your sexiness or your 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 desire to have mm -hmm. sex. So recognizing, hey, all this pressure is actually making me desire sex less. Mm -hmm. So learning how to like communicate and talk to your spouse about, you know, when you do these things, I, I feel a lot of pressure. I'm constantly feeling pressure for you it's actually making me desire you less, not more. And yeah. being able to have those conversations and how to have those conversations takes some, some time and skill and a lot of patience and really working together. But that's like one way you can really help with the, uh, take the pressure off. So you have more room, like on a car, I can, I can hold down the brake and press the accelerator really hard and give it all the gas it's got and the car will go forward it won't be pretty but it will go right at a great toll so there are marriages that kind of operate that way and yeah and what you want is to take the pressure off so you can go I give this advice to a lot of husbands my husband's in my coaching for husbands um they focus a lot on touch trying to get their wife's accelerator going like mm, mm -hmm. what are, tell me the moves. What's, how do I like touch her in the right way to get her to like orgasm or like yeah. they want, they want, they focus a lot on accelerators, yeah. but they will make more progress by focusing on things they can do to take the brakes off. Yes, and I love the accelerators that. will come, but like for, for the, like two units of energy on the accelerator, just put one unit of energy to remove the brake. You go so much further, so much more progress in a relationship. Yeah, for sure. No, that's so awesome. Okay. So on the flip side of that, if you are like the more, um, I mean, you kind of already gave a little bit of advice, but in my relationship, I am definitely the higher libido. Like I I'm, I'm uh -huh. the one who wants it more, <laughs> which is yep. not a lot uh -huh. of women relate with that. But so the problem that's actually I deal not with, as uncommon as you think, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've met a few people, but it, I seem to have like more people on the other side. So I don't know. I definitely love to talk, talk to more women who are on that side of things, but I feel like 
on the pressure on the other side is like some almost, I don't know if performance anxiety is, is the right word oh, yeah. for it. Um, right, right, but, right. but a little bit of performance anxiety. So how do you kind of get rid of that? Like anxiety of like, we're about to do something really fun and really crazy, but also really intimate. Yeah. I have a personal story to share on that because yeah. like you, I'm the higher libido in my marriage. And, um, there was a period of time where I, I really wanted my wife to want more sex with me. Mm-hmm. And my logical brain would say like, well, if she enjoyed it more and she'd say yes more. Mm. So for every encounter, I was like obsessed with her having a good experience. Yeah. And I was very fixated on that. And what it turned into was kind of evaluating my performance. I know this is so awful to say to admit it, but <laughs> I'm a nerd. So I guess it's not that much of a surprise. I had a, uh, like a calendar in our closet where I kept track of how often we have sex. And I know that's not yeah. uncommon. <laughs> Couples do that all the great. time. And I think that's a wonderful and beautiful thing, especially when you're like doing it together. But what I would also track is how often I had an orgasm compared to how often she had an orgasm. And wow. I would look at that and, it. and evaluate my performance. Like, how am I doing? I run a business. I look at key performance indicators all the time, like how sales and marketing doing whatever. So I kind of applied that same like thought to how we approach sex. Yeah. And when, when I look at my batting average of like, okay, for every 17 that I have, she's having one. I would like hang my head in shame. Like I'm doing awful. Like I got to really up my game here. Like I really got to do better. So, um, I, I kind of took it upon myself to make, make sure she had a good, good experience. But guess what happened? <laughs> I brought enormous amount of pressure, pressure myself. So right. And even in the encounter, she's such a wonderful woman, but you can just tell that I was really fixated on her. And mm-hmm. actually, you know, it wasn't, it's not, it's like not that nonverbal communication that we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. She could sense that pressure on me for her to have some sort of an outcome so that I would feel better about myself because it became like an ego thing all of a sudden. And it actually drove her performance worse (laughs) and which made my performance worse. So it was like this downward spiral of things. And there would be, and it got to the point where I experienced sexual dysfunction myself. Like I couldn't get aroused. I would, mm. you know, I'm the higher desire spouse and I'm the one looking for excuses not to have sex. And like, yes, I would I avoid situations there. where I get right. Because I didn't want to face this potential that f- felt like I'm walking into another disappointing failure for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's when sex, when we give ourselves too much pressure to perform, when we overly fixate on a certain outcome, we tend to avoid sex. And the, and we have bad experiences. So every new sexual experience you have since then, after that, I mean, it, it's like reinforces this idea of, oh, this better go well, or so it just mounts mm-hmm. that pressure. Yeah. So the solution to all that is to throw it all away. I threw that calendar away, just <laughs> throw it all away. I love it. And instead to really focus on the moment, yes. to be really present. And that's like, I'm here with the most incredible, most beautiful woman who I love. And I am here just to enjoy her right now and not be whatever the outcome is, whatever it be. And guess what? (laughs) Guess what happened? It got got better. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now we're, 
our ratio is like one to one or one to two now. So it's like way better than it was before. So, um, and I have permission for my wife to share that story, but it's like, it's really about like, we tend to, um, fixate so much on an outcome and that, that pressure is not helpful. So being present. And I think sometimes if you can kind of make sex a little less, uh, more lighthearted, less serious and change your definition of sex. Some people think sex means, you know, intercourse and it means he, it ends when he has an orgasm or however they define that. Um, it just, just really question that, like, what, what is a good sexual experience for us? Because it may not include all those elements that you think are sex. It could be just really enjoying something very connecting, very yeah. intimate, and very pleasurable together. And so, and that doesn't have to mean intercourse or following a certain script all the time. Yeah. It could be just the way you're holding each other or touching each other or caressing each other. It could be all these different things too. So expanding your definition of sex kind of helps take the pressure off of certain outcome. Yes. I love that. It's like, it's kind of getting out of your own head to actually like really assess what is, what is going on here and enjoying the moment instead of making the moment, some big thing that has to happen. Um, I, I love just I think I talked about it in last episode, but just mentioned, like, I love talking about what's going on during sex, like what we're doing Uh or what, what action is taking place, because it really can take all of those things that you're thinking like, this has to happen this way, or we need to do things this way. And actually just talking about what's going on, bringing yourself home, bringing it down, bringing it together. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. So if you were to, one of the things I was thinking about in preparation for this, um, was you have more years under your belt in marriage than I do. Uh Um, and I respect that wisdom and I love that. So if you were to take yourself back to like dating or engaged or just newly married, what do you wish you had known? Like, what are some of the things that you're like, this is what I would wish I would have had in my heart or understood in those early years? Oh, great question. So first, I want to say what we did right, like what I wouldn't change. And I like that uh, we, for us, we both believe chastity before marriage was really important. And we, we kept to that rule. And I think mm-hmm. that really helped us. So I think in the world today, you get the opposite message where, well, before you commit to someone, you need to see if you're sexually compatible. Yeah. But uh, the research and the studies, even secular studies, show that uh, couples that do save themselves actually have more in, less less problems, less baggage yeah. with with their sexual relationship after the marriage. So we both went into marriage without a lot of baggage, and so I'm really grateful That's for awesome. that. That's awesome. We were, although uh, no one is. No one is fully prepared for marriage. The only way to prepare for marriage is to it's actually a, get married. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <Right>? I love that. <laughs> so it's the same with sex, like all the reading of the books and all the, you know, discussions one could have had. I don't think anything could have really prepared us for sex than actually having sex. Yeah. But that being said, we both had a lot of anxiety about sex going into our marriage. So, um, and there's a lot of things we didn't know. We didn't know. Mm. So 
one thing I would have done differently in the engagement phase was to actually talk openly about sex with my wife, about what she had in mind, what were her desires, yeah. like how did she want her, our first night to go, like to kind yeah. of do that. We just shied away from those conversations because it felt like at the time we were crossing the line when yes. I would have been a little more, now that I'm more wise, I go, no, you need to have those conversations. I heard a story about a, about a newlywed couple who didn't talk about sex very much before they're married. They both saved themselves from marriage on the, then on their wedding night, uh, he was so disappointed because he really wanted a blowjob. Like he had really looked forward to enjoying oral sex with his wife. And for her, that was like a huge, like, no. Yeah. And it really cried, like, mm. and it really hurt their feelings. He was really expecting this, like expectations just weren't discussed. Yeah. Yeah. So having some sort of discussion about like what you want, what kind of a sexual relationship you, you kind of understand or have in mind, yeah. you need some sort of conversation like that. That helps a lot. Yes, for sure. And then getting well, into marriage. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I've heard, um, I love that advice that you give because I've heard people um, just say, you know, if, if you talk about it, you're going to do it, which is not the case. It, having a discussion about sex doesn't mean you're going to go climb in bed together. So if you are saving yourself, um, you can have healthy discussions in the open. Um, and especially bringing somebody else in, I feel like sometimes can help. Like if you have, um, a counselor or an advisor or someone at your church that you really trust. So I love that you said that. Cause I, I agree completely. Like talking ahead of time is so, so healthy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah if talking is hard, then write to each other. Like, oh yeah, you're not going to have sex if you're not physically <laughs> together when you're talking about sex. So I know creates healthy boundaries. And yeah, definitely. After I was married, uh, there was a lot I didn't understand about my own body. I remember like all the lyrics, to the songs talk about making love all night long. So that was like my, <laughs> how I thought it worked. Yeah. <laughs> And I was so disappointed when my penis <laughs> turned flaccid after I had experienced an orgasm. I'm like, Goodness, Wait yes. a minute. How am I supposed to do this all night long? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, I so, love it. So I thought something was like wrong with me. <laughs> oh my goodness. But only to find out, no, I'm perfectly normal. Perfectly normal. <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. This is actually the way it works. And then I would get so tired after right away. I'm like, wait. Because yeah. those <laughs> anyway, hormones go so, rushing and yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's per, I'm sure there's a biological component to why God designed our bodies that way. Yeah. Um, like there's a good reason. But it, anyway, just it was funny for me in that moment. Like I just didn't understand. And another thing I didn't understand is that for my, for my wife, her sexual center is not her vagina. It's actually her clitoris. And I wow. wish I understood this. Uh, when I was newlywed, it took me years until I finally learned this. And I, for you listening, I'm sure like you already know that, but it took us many years to actually mm -hmm. go, really? That's the way it works. Because um, when we receive the, the sex talk, it's usually in the context of biological reproduction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's, it makes sense that a penis goes into the vagina because that's how you, uh, you know, get pregnant and have babies and things like that. Uh, so the conversation usually is men have a penis and girls have a vagina, which is true. Girls definitely do have a vagina, but yeah. their sex, so, but, but 
what's not communicated is, oh, but their sexual center is actually the clitoris. Like yeah. that piece is kind of, it might be on the chart and like on the di- you know illustrated diagram clitoris here, but the yeah. importance of focusing on the clitoris for sexual pleasure was kind of admitted in our education. And it wasn't until we really learned it and really learned how to like, so like there'd be times when I'd like, you know, we'd try to touch her clitoris a little bit during sex, mm-hmm. knowing that that was, we knew it was kind of important, but she's like, that's uncomfortable. I don't like mm. that kind of a touch and not knowing any different, like, oh, okay, I'll just stay away from that area. And then being so frustrated, why, why my wife isn't enjoying as much pleasure in sex as I am. And it was because yeah. I learned that only about 30% of women experience orgasm regularly through, you know, vaginal intercourse alone yeah. where the rest, like 70% of women need clitoral stimulation yeah. to enjoy sex too. So once yeah. I learned how to really touch her, touch her clitoris better, um, it's where she felt like really more aroused and more pleasure in sex. That's when our sex life really started to take off. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I want to ask this question and you can feel free to, if you feel like your wife wouldn't want you to talk about it, but just, uh, so you mentioned that like, it didn't feel good to her. I have had, uh-huh. um, people mention that before. And that's not something that I really understand. So could you elaborate on that? Was it, was it something, um, a way that you were touching that hurt somehow, or was it just not understanding the clitoris? Well, yeah, uh, it was, it was several things. So, um, I, my only point of reference was my own body to her, right? So mm, I get yeah. aroused pretty quickly and I'm ready to go. Yeah. And I assumed like she would be ready to go too. So the moment like I'm aroused and ready to go, I start going directly to her clitoris. Okay. So to the glands of her clitoris right away without giving her sufficient time to get aroused first. Yeah. And of okay. course that's uncomfortable. Yeah. So it's like someone touching your eye, right? <laughs> it's like, no, that kind of hurts. So I would back off and then not, we wouldn't engage that kind of touch when yeah. if I would have worked, so someone explained it to me, like when you sit at a fancy restaurant and they have like four forks and spoons or whatever, which fork do you use first? The it's outside. the ones on the outside, right? Yes. And then you move your way in, right? Exactly. <laughs> Same with a vulva. Yes, <laughs> you start on the that. outside I and you work that. your way in slowly course by course. So once I understood that, like, oh, this is the kind of touch that works for you. Um, and I think that's the same for most women is you work on the outside and you gently warm up. You don't go straight from the center on the get-go because men like that. I think generally men like, like that direct and just understanding that, uh, you can't take a male centric view of sex and expect your wife to respond the same way. Yeah, for sure. So you gotta, you gotta understand from her perspective, what feels good. And then go at it from that. Yeah. And orgasms aren't a zero to 100 in like two seconds sort of thing. It's a, it's a process. Like you said, (laughs) like it's the full course, you got to Uh work your way there and it's going to look different every time it's, it changes a lot uh, depending on like how your body's feeling in that moment and all of that for sure. Mm -hmm. So when did you guys like learn was the transition you mentioned, um, to me about, you know, you kind of went from kind of a flat sex life and just not really like lots of anxiety and stress in it to 
learning a lot and this whole change did that learning about her body happen during that time yeah yeah it was about uh we've been married about 13 years at that point okay awesome what how did you what resources or where did you guys learn and and figure all this out uh so uh first of all we didn't feel comfortable like googling our sex questions because we didn't know Mm -hmm. what we'd find and we don't watch salacious movies or, you know, we just didn't do that kind of stuff. That just wasn't us. Yeah. And let alone have in-depth conversations with others about, about sex. That just wasn't us. And we had a hard time kind of fitting that hole in our value system anyway. So we just avoided the conversation altogether Yeah. until one day, until one day I had a conversation with a friend. And he opened up to me about he and his wife's sex life and how it really took off, how he found uh, these books that really helped him, blogs, websites, podcasts. And um, he's getting in detail about like certain sexual behaviors he and his wife are trying that are amazing. And I'm like blushing the whole time. (laughs) I can't believe I'm having this conversation with you. And because I don't talk about stuff with others like... I didn't know that good straight laced people actually do X, Y, or Z, or that was kind of my <laughs> thoughts at the time, right? Like, oh my goodness. Cause I, I would never have thought to even explore these things. I didn't know yeah. like bedroom games even existed. Like, just like, really? <laughs> anyway, um, the whole point of my friend telling me all this was that he and his wife have felt never have felt more connected than they did. They're flirting all the time. They feel like their friendship has really skyrocketed and their kids can feel it in their home. Like mom and dad are really comfortable around each other. There's less stress in the home. Mm. His work is going better. Like things in life are so much better now that their sex life is so much better. And he was really sincere about that. And there was an element to that that I wanted in my life too. So that's really what kind of was, was a catalyst is a courageous friend opening up and telling me how good sex can be and me wanting that for myself. And that's when Emily and I like, you know, we got to, there's probably more we can learn here. So we started reading books, found really helpful Christian friendly podcasts and blogs yeah. and whatever. And we started trying things and learning things We're like, well, I had no idea our bodies did this. Like, <laughs> isn't this incredible? Like we were learning things and experimenting and trying things and like having great results. And we thought this is really good. This is really good for us. Let's, yeah. let's make. And, uh, and then that's when our relationship like just skyrocketed. Our friendship improved tremendously. Mm. Um, the level of trust between us, the ease and comfort around each other improved. The sky was all of a sudden bluer and the grass was growing all of a sudden. (laughs) Just everything in life like clicks so much better when when things are better in your relationships. So yeah. So what made you guys like decide, all right, we're gonna, I mean, we're gonna go from blushing in this conversation to like we're actually gonna talk about it and you know, do a podcast and everything else. What do you guys just I don't know where'd that come from? I think our story is kind of similar to yours, Amanda. You're like, it feels like God's prodding you in one direction yeah. or another. Like, this is good. Like, I definitely feel that in my life. And um, 
I gotta say it was really hard at first to like open up to my friends to tell them about what I've learned and what I want to share. But over time, you get a little more used to it, but especially like for instance, so my background's in software development and I created this app called Intimately Us. And it's been downloaded hundreds of thousands of times. It's, it's clean, it's not raunchy. It's this fun bedroom game app with tons of resources to make your sex life yeah. better. And then I want to share and tell my friends about it, but I'm really nervous to <laughs> kind of tell friends about it. Right. So I tell one friend, like, will you just beta test? Cause I need testers to like go through it mm -hmm. and tell me the bugs and like, so I can make it better. Uh, so there's a friend I asked, you know, will you, will you uh, test it for me? And you know, he got pretty excited. He's like, yeah, totally. I'll do it. <laughs> Whatever. And then I didn't hear from him for two weeks. And I thought, uh Oh, I kind of like, breached the friendship there I brought up something that he's probably really embarrassed about. you know how how that yeah, feels right yeah. it's like I took a risk and <laughs> maybe that wasn't something I should have talked about with him or whatever anyway two weeks later uh we talked to I we talk again and his it was not that at all he was like Dan I gotta tell you in fact I gotta blame you because I haven't gotten a lot of sleep in the last two weeks <laughs> like Really? Why? Yes. And anyway, it's like, cause we're up all night having sex. That's why. <laughs> anyway, he's like saying, I got to tell you, like my wife and I, like we've, we've done the game a few times and we've found new things that we haven't done before that she really likes. So it's like really expanded our repertoire. And now she's the one like, you know, she's eager to play the game too. Cause now it's, it's enjoyable for both of us. It's now something for both of us. That was his experience. Yeah. And then he also told me this, which made an impact. He said, cause he does a lot of sales and marketing for, for his career. And he's in like lunches and luncheons or group. He's in a lot of settings where he's with a lot of other women. And he's got to say, there's always kind of a little bit of that temptation or at least fantasizing what would it be like mm -hmm. with with these other women not that he's ever acted on it or anything like that but ever since using the app with his wife and and playing and connecting as much as they have like that temptation for or those fantasies with other women have gone to complete zero because mm -hmm. he's now experiencing something really authentic and genuine everything else just feels counterfeit yeah like what he it, has there's no his way wife, it would be as good no, there's yeah. no way it would ever be as good because with his wife, with this person that he loves and has children with and shares bills with and shares a home with, and now also has a really hot sex life with, it's like this, that's incredible. And like stories like that happen. And I hear stories like that from, from people that use the app and whatever. And so it's like, no, this is really good. No wonder why I like talking and sharing these things. So it, it strengthens marriages and it's going to help strengthen families for generations. Yes. I love that so much. Okay. I want to wrap up here real quick. Is there anything else that you just felt like was on your heart that you wanted to add, add to this? Uh, one more thing that's on my heart is one thing I wish I understood when I was younger in my marriage is the difference between a spontaneous desire pattern and a responsive desire pattern. And mm -hmm. maybe this is your first time hearing it, but to me, spontaneous is like, uh, you, you walk by the candy store or sorry, in the grocery store, you walk down past the candy and like Oreos, great idea. Add it to your cart. <laughs> like, 
like in the moment, it's like, this is yeah. a good idea. Let's do it. Um, you see it and you internal, you digest that cue, right? That mm -hmm. like, oh, Oreo is a good idea. And so you act, you can act and respond pretty quickly. It feels more like a spontaneous purchase. And then there's other people that are more responsive. And to me, responsive is more like, uh, I get up early in the morning to go running and there's mornings that I don't feel like going running. It's cold, it's dark, but after I get my shoes on and my clothes, my layers of coat, you know, <laughs> layers on and everything, and I go out the door and after I start a few paces on the pavement, uh, my body warms up. And then by the end of the run, man, I'm so glad I went on the run because the runner's high. I just feel great. Uh, it took a little bit of prodding. I had to like act first and mm. then like the enjoyment and the desire came later. Sexually, people generally uh, experience those types of patterns. Generally speaking, men tend to be more on the spontaneous side. Like I see my wife walking out of the shower. Boom, I am aroused and ready to go. But my wife sees me walking out of the shower. For some reason, she doesn't like <laughs> Have this, it doesn't have the same effect <laughs> on her, right? Even though I have sculpted abs and huge biceps and everything <laughs> like that, right? Like, it, it just doesn't have the same effect. And uh, it's because she internalizes sexual cues differently than mm -hmm. I do. But early in my marriage, I would be so frustrated, like something's wrong with you. How come you don't see the Oreos, you know, metaphorically speaking, yeah. and you immediately want them? Like, how come you're not like me? How come you don't like think about sex like, you know, a dozen times or more a day? How come you don't like, don't you ever sit around and like wishing, you know, an orgasm would feel really good right now? It's just like, no, I don't think about those things. <laughs> and and uh, I would think, you know, something's really wrong with her. But it, something was not wrong with her. Something was wrong with me because I didn't understand that I tend to be more on the spontaneous side. She's more on the responsive. So now that I understand that she's more responsive, I can engage with her like someone who is responsive. So kind of back to that, getting your shoes on to go running. You don't feel like it in the beginning. I know that instead of jumping straight from sitting on the couch, doing nothing to intercourse, which in my mind is only one step away in her mind, it's several steps to get there. Mm -hmm. Instead of being frustrated, why it's not one step for her. Instead, I focus on, well, what's the next step? And, and it's not to like get her, like, of course, it'd be nice to like get to the intercourse step, but we're just moving on this continuum mm. of more connection and pleasure. And that's the new focus. So what yeah. would, instead of like, would you like to have sex right now, right here on the couch? Cause that sounds like a good idea to me. She's not going to be, she's more on the responsive side. Mm. She's got to get her shoes on. She's got to get, well, shoes off, but like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's back to the running analogy. She's yeah. got to like get in the motion first. So there has to be some yeah. arousal. The arousal comes first. The stimulation comes first and then the desire will follow. So yes, it might start with a massage or it might start with a great in-depth conversation, or it might be playing a game together. It might be just something really connecting that starts the arousal. And once she feels some arousal, then her desire will show up later. Yeah. So I think that would have eliminated a lot of frustration in our relationship and many other couples relationships. If they understand that some are going to be more on the spontaneous side, some are going to be more on the responsive side. Yes. Oh my goodness. I cannot wait to go talk to my husband about that because it explains 
and we navigate it well, but it, it explains like where we're at because my husband is very, very distracted. And so he's thinking uh-huh. of like a hundred, hundred things at once. And I'm more of the like spontaneous. I'm like, okay. Um, but I have yeah. to like get his mind there. And so the way that we take action on that is just, if I'm feeling spontaneous, I got to give him at least like an hour window. <laughs> I got to give him like, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, okay, so I'm feeling this way. How about, how about we, we do this and at least give him a chance to, okay, let me wrap my brain around this. Let me like fully finish everything else that I've got on my plate that I was thinking about or doing, and then I can work my way into it later. And so it's just giving him like that preparation time to mentally process like what might happen later is so, so helpful. But I love the way you put it, that spontaneous versus responsive. It explains it so well. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So where can people connect with you? Where can they find you? I know that I'm going to put links in there to your Intimately Us app and your podcast um, in the show notes because people need to go check that out. But where else, if you were to direct them, where would you want them to connect with you? My website is getyourmarriageon.com and my Instagram is at getyourmarriageon. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was amazing. I, I am so excited for people to listen to this. I cannot wait to put it out there. Thank you. Thanks, Amanda. Hey friend, if you enjoyed this conversation, you are going to love what is happening this month. Every single week this month over in the Facebook group, I am going to be going live and answering your questions. I want to have a conversation with you and a conversation is a two way street. So if you have been having burning questions or you feel like I really just want to talk to her about this one specific thing, then you can do that. And we are going to have that conversation and it is going to be amazing. So go ahead and hop down into the show notes. The link for the Facebook group will be in there and I cannot wait to see you there.